What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to the scorecard. The Boston scorecard. Ben, we got a couple of fights that we're going to be going through and giving detailed exp- explanations about starting off with the main uh, attraction for the for the evening over in the UK. We had uh, the IBF World Featherweight Title Championship with uh, Kiko Martinez versus Josh Warrington. Kiko Martinez, definitely in, a, in, a, in the last half of his career, he had a big upset win against Kid Gallahan in his, in his last fight. Um, was probably one runner-up for a knockout of the week and definitely runner-up for in, in the running for knockout of the year, especially the way that he came back. Um, so he had the belts at the time, coming in with a record of 43 wins with 30 knockouts, um, 10 losses, but a tough competitor from Spain. And uh, going up against Josh Warrington, um, this is this is actually their second time um, that they're going up against each other. Josh Warrington coming in with a record of uh, 30 wins with only eight KOs, uh, one loss. So only eight KOs in his 30 fights. So not known as a power puncher, um, but definitely has the boxing's world class boxing skills to keep him to keep him at that level. Um, first round. Josh Warrington came up with the high guard. Of course, you know, I got the scorecard breaking it down round by round. Um, first round, um, Warrington came up came up with the high guard. Kiko Martinez just plodding forward, moving his head. Um, tight defense. Warrington landed three good combinations um, within that round. Uh, something happened. It was a random clash of heads or, or arm. It was, sorry, random clash of heads, accidental. Um, Kiko, he tried to look at the referee to complain and then in, in the middle of that got caught with a punch and went down. It was a 10, eight, 10, eight round for, for Warrington. But I was, as I always say, if something happens, if the referee doesn't stop it, you, you're not the ref, you can't stop it yourself and tell the referee to, to check on you or whatever you gotta, you know, fight through that. So that was uh, Martinez's fault in that first round there. First two rounds I gave to, to, to Warrington, especially that, that second round, my quick notes here. Just to explain, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna talk the quick notes that I wrote in between rounds, and then I'll then I'll explain them. So my quick notes for the second round: Josh was bullying him. Kiko got to get off the ropes. It makes it look worse unless you have uh, defense, Floyd defense. Josh landing from all angles. Again, you you if you're gonna be against the ropes, sometimes you know they say you can draw a fighter to you by going to against ropes where they think they have the advantage where you can take the advantage but that only works if you have exceptional defense like like floyd that's why i said floyd in my notes you can't just go to the ropes and just put your hands up and let someone just tee off on you so warrington he was and warrington skills again not hard you know he only has eight ko's in his 30 fights so you don't have to worry about his power but his his skills exceptional boxing skills and he was landing punches from all angles the next two rounds, however, I actually gave to uh, to Martinez, but I did mark them as as uh, as close rounds. I usually explained that at the beginning. Um, anyways, I'll, I'll explain the close rounds at the end. The next, so this third round here, I marked that as a close round. My notes were Josh slowed down a bit and Kiko picked it up. Uh, Kiko coming forward for most of the round. Now. As I, you know, just because you're coming forward doesn't mean you're automatically winning the fight. But, you know, it all depends on the fighter, specifically someone like Kiko Martinez. He's he's not a, a boxer that's going to be backing up and slipping and catching. 
his only game is is coming forward and it's worked for him for most of his career. He has, you know, 30 knockouts in his 43 fights. So he, that's his one style that has worked for him. Um, so when he was coming forward, you know, he, he, he shows he's the boss when he, when he's actually coming forward. So I gave that third round to Martinez round number four, actually from round four, from round three to six, I marked all of those as close rounds. All those as close rounds. Round number four, I also gave to, to Martinez. Um, specifically, past two rounds, the crowd was quiet. Joss had one combo. His only success is pushing Kiko into the ropes with his shoulder. Um, this fight was in, in the UK. So, you know, obviously, uh, even though Martinez was the champion, Warrington had, had the crowd advantage. And you know you're doing well. When you're fighting in the other guy's hometown and there's it's a packed house, you know, it's full and the crowd's quiet. Um, that's how you know that you're at, as the opponent, you're doing good. Um, not the only reason why I gave the, the round to Martinez, but that's one of the signs that you're obviously doing what, you're, what your 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 plan is working. Um and you could Martinez. Kiko Martinez, as I said, he fights more like the bully. He doesn't fight good going backwards. So I could tell Josh Warrington's game plan was trying to, to, to make him fight going backwards. But because Warrington doesn't have the punching power to make him punch, to make him go backwards, he had he was forced to kind of use his shoulder a little bit to kind of not blatantly extend his arms and push, but to kind of lean into him. So, but it didn't really work in, those, in, in rounds three and four. So that's why uh, up until that point, uh, I had an even fight. So going into the fifth round, uh, well, because of the knockdown in the first round, uh, Warrington still had the advantage. Going into the fifth round, gave the fifth and sixth round to, to Warrington. I'd marked both of those as close rounds. So my notes for the fifth round were Kiko. Kiko won the first half, Josh second half, and Josh was landing cleaner and a bit more. Um, second or third time, Josh landed a right hand that moved Kiko back, yes. Uh, Warrington landed a couple of clean right hands that, you know, not only clearly landed on Martinez, but pushed him backwards. Um, so that's, that's why they were clearly, uh, clearly rounds for, and that was like two or three times that that happened. So that was, that's why it was clear for Warrington round six. I also marked as a, as a close round, uh, but I gave it to Warrington. My notes for the sixth round, it was close because Kiko still pressing forward and landing, even though Josh was landing cleaner. Kiko Leakin, uh, don't let the commentary steal your thoughts. I think uh, I wrote, don't let the commentary steal your thoughts. Because sometimes I don't get caught up, you know, like when I'm judging a fight, I don't let the, the commentary make my judgment for me. Some people say they do. Like there's a lot, I know a lot of people that don't, you know, watch the fights without the volume on. Um, so they don't get influenced. That's, that's okay. If you feel that way, no problem with that. But me personally, I like the, I like the, I like to hear the crowd. I like to hear the the coaches in between rounds talking to the fighters, and sometimes you know the the commentators they give like little stats and stuff like that that uh, that you wouldn't really think about. That makes sense. Anyways, going into round six, um, yeah, close round, but I gave it to Warrington, and that's where it ended. Actually, <laughs> um, yeah, he, he had him coming forward this time, but the way that that uh, Warrington was backing up backing at martinez was with a combination landing them clear on the chin so again even if you don't have punching power like most people could take take 
punches, you know, to the face and everything. But this part right here on the chin that makes the head snap like that, that's that's where people get effed up. So um, Warrington landed a couple of those, had Kiko going backwards, and then the referee came in and stopped the fight. And um, congrats and a very big win for Josh Warrington. I think both fighters were at a crossroads at this fight at, at this time. Uh, not sure where, where they were going to go next. Um, but yeah, big win, big win for both of them. So we will see where that goes after that. So scorecard up to that was uh, 58 to 55 for Warrington. All right, that was the main event. The two other ones, the two other matches that I got to score were, um, which one are we going to go through first? We'll go through Miguel Burchell first, all right? Miguel Burchelt, who has a, who's had a great career um, coming into this fight, 38 wins with 34 knockouts and only three losses. Um, 38 wins, 34 knockouts with only three losses. However, two of those losses were devastating losses and, and in his past two fights, um, against Oscar Valdez uh, last year, which was, I believe, you know, either the knockout of the year or like literally runner up for knockout of the year. Um, and yeah, this was his comeback fight uh, against Jeremiah Nakathila, who is from Namibia, coming in with a record of 23 wins with 19 KOs and only two losses. Um, not really well known. Um, he, his last big fight, um, he's had a couple fights between them, but he fought Shakur Stevenson. And, um, and this is what I mean talking about, like, I like listening to the, listening to the fight because sometimes the commentators bring statistics that, uh, that you wouldn't know. So I'm going to talk about those. So anyways, real quick about the fight. Burchett was, was obviously the main attraction. Uh, this was supposed to be his comeback fight. However, it, uh, definitely did not go as planned. Um, no one really need to go through the scorecards, but just my notes for them. Um, Nakatha starting out, finishing, started and finished all combinations. Second round, um, Naka, Nakathila, he was just being the boss, landing clean right hands. Um, and it was just, it was just an all day thing for, 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 for Nakila. Going into the fourth round, oh, my bad, skip the third third round he dropped him with a jab this is how you know that um you know he, he just did not look the same you could tell that he not fully recovered from those those two devastating losses that he had um and these are the stats that were crazy um jeremiah nakila nakathila when he fought shakur stevenson he landed a total of 28 punches in 12 rounds 28 punches and 12 rounds against Shakur Stevenson. In the first two rounds against Miguel Burchelt, he landed 31 in the first two rounds. So this is a combination of, of, of Jeremiah being a better boxer or Burchelt being that, that uh, you know, being that much not the same. Um, so, yeah, not look, it was not looking good. Going into that fifth round, Burchelt... Yeah, the low. Yeah, just he just did not look good. The the, the low punch output before going into this fight, Burchell was top seven in the world 
top seven in the world as far as punches thrown per round. He was around 70 punches per round thrown. Um, this fight, going up into this round, he was only throwing about 30. The fifth round, I actually gave the fifth round to, to Burchell because he, he was back to his 70 punch output. Um, I didn't, it's funny because I even without, before I knew that, that statistic, just watching around itself, I thought, I, I did think that he was doing a bit more and I did give him that round. And then when I heard that statistic after, you know, it did make sense because he, he was throwing more. Um, but um, he was still getting tagged and it was a good decision. In the sixth round, the referee, the referee came in and stopped the fight. Burchelt's corner looked kind of surprised that they were stopped the fight, but I'm I'm hoping it was just their pride that was that was just showing that and not actually wanting Burchelt to continue on because even though he he um he didn't go down he went down early with a with a with a with a jab like just think about that if you go down from a jab that means you know you just mentally you still haven't mentally and physically you still haven't recovered from um you know, from, from those two losses, especially back to back. It's one thing, you know, it, it's taking a loss is not just a, a normal loss. It's one thing if it's a, a a close defensive fight, some people might say it was boring and not a lot of, not a lot of punches were landed. Um, and then the fight might've been a draw or when you, one of your one of you guys might've won by split decision. It's one thing to, to, uh, to have a match like that where, you know, not too much happened, but to lose, Again, in devastating fashion, two fights in a row, especially being an older fighter at the end of your career. Um, you know, you, you don't want you don't want to let your pride get yourself get in your, get in the way of uh, of your good health and uh, living the rest of your life. So my suggestion to uh, Mr. Burchelt, he's had a great career again, 38 wins, 34 knockouts. Um, so a great career. He was a great champion. But I would suggest that he hangs them up now and uh, think about life after boxing. As for Jeremiah Nakathila, he is, um, you know, made a good comeback. He's looking good. This was a big win for him, and uh, and he actually has a has a bright future. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, who he goes up against next. Um, what else we got? What else we got? The last one. Oh yes, Tim Zhu versus Terrell Gachet. Tim Zhu, um, his American debut from Australia, his father, Costa Zhu, one of the great welterweights of all time. Um, a lot of people don't talk about his father. He's, you know, he's not well known, but, you know, people within boxing know, definitely know that name. And, um, and his son, who looks exactly like him, um, and also has the same fighting style as him and the same hard punches as him made his American debut last night against Terrell Gachet, uh, who was a 2012 Olympian. Uh, let me give you their quick stats. So Tim Zhu coming into this fight was a 20 and 0 with 20, with 15 knockouts, 20 and 0 with 15 knockouts. Um, last night got his, uh, did they call it distance? So anyways, Terrell Gachet coming in, uh, he was a 2012 Olympian. He came in with a record of 22 wins and two losses with 11, 11 knockouts. So also not known as a, as a power puncher, but definitely a very, a very good boxer. Um, this one, this one was from a lower level belt, the WBO global super welterweight championship. 
So not one of the main belts, but a lower level belt just to establish something <laughs> to have a reason to fight. Um, this one was, I was very impressed with Mr. Tim Zhu. Again, when it's one thing to have um, an undefeated record from, you know, from, from, a, from a country that's known for boxing and, you know, just because you have an undefeated record from a country that's known for boxing doesn't mean that you're good because some people could still sneak their way through the cracks. But if you're undefeated from a country that's not really known for having, you know, boxers, there are great boxers that come from Australia, don't get me wrong, but not, you know, as far as other countries put together. Um, it's another thing. So that's that was the big mystery. My whole point of saying that was that was the big mystery of Tim Zhu coming in to to this fight this was his uh the biggest name that he's fought so far terrell gachet who's had a couple of big names on his career let's go through his career real quick he's fought uh, some good guys erickson lubin austin trout Arislandi lara um was in either or one or even the fights that he lost against those top level competitors he was in all of them boxing wise um, so this was a good a good uh, step up fight, or not even a step up fight. This was an equal level fight for for both guys. And Tim Zhu, he um, he definitely impressed me. Just pulling in my scorecard here. The first round, I actually marked it as a 10-8 round. Uh, Tim Zhu got dropped in that first round in an exchange with Terrell Gachet. Um, I even though. You know, when you get when you go down, you automatically lose around 10-8. Unless you really come back, then you can make it 10-9 at least. But unless you knock the other guy down, then it might be 9-9. Nine, nine. Um, I still thought Gache was winning that round before the knockdown. Um, so that fight that round was a 10-8 round for for Terrell Gache. Um, but then everything after that was just um straight uh straight Tim Zoo. Uh he was trying to show in that second round. You can tell he was trying to show that he was good from the knockdown. Um, he he landed more combinations as he was pressing, still pressing forward. Third round, um, Gachet lands, but when Gachet lands, he was landing some punches. Um, he wasn't out of the fight at this point. He was landing some punches, but when when Tim Zhu was landing, Gachet like he like actually physically would move back, not just not just get hit. He would physically move back. Um, Round number four. Round number four. Um, it was almost a 10-8 round for for Tim Zhu. Almost a 10-8 round for Tim Zhu. As I got the highlights up here. Um, almost a high, almost a 10-8 round for Tim Zhu. Um, yeah. Um, going into round five, he actually dropped him. No, it was no knockdown, but that was a 10. Yeah, yeah. No, he didn't drop him, but it was. It was a severe beating in that fifth round, and so I actually gave that 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 round uh, a 10-8 round for Tim Zhu. What up? What up, Amber? Thank you, thank you for the for the compliments. Um, round going into round six, T's power, um, Tim Zhu's power kept Gachet against the ropes, going from rope to rope. What I explained to you guys when you're facing someone with power that's pressing forward, um, you want to be able to move, but it's not just going from rope to rope you can touch the ropes but when, once you touch the ropes you want to try to make a sharp turn to get back to the center of the ring when you get to the center of the ring then you could stop for a second then when you're ready you can move left or right or back up or wherever you want to go but when you just go from rope to rope 
it's easy it's easy for your opponent just to cut you off and keep you there and so that's what Gishe was doing he was landing a few punches and trying to get out of there but he would just go from one rope to the other rope and Tim Zhu was just great at cutting him off and just meeting him right there like he already knew where he was where he was going so if you're ever in that situation again as soon as you touch the ropes land one or two punches and try to make a sharper turn to get back to the center of the ring uh sixth round going into round seven again these were all rounds for for tim zoo i'm just writing going off my quick notes um round seven all i wrote was certified ass whooping um round eight i didn't write any notes for that one um anyways bottom line this was an impressive win for tim zoo um and much respect to to Terrell, Terrell Gachet. When I wrote certified, like I, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I'm just that's just, uh, you know, Tim Zoo. He was he was he was really putting him on him. And so, at that, I believe this was at uh, what weight class was this at? 154 pounds. Okay, so he's gonna be right in the mix with uh, with all those guys around there. It's gonna be very interesting interesting to follow his career. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so yeah, what else? What else? There was a few other fights I'm not going to go through, but but uh, this guy Michelle Rivera and uh, my boy Mike Cora at four. Um, he 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 was on the knockout of the week already, and I'm pretty sure Mike already featured him. He could catch Mike Cora at four every day at four o'clock on the Tuck and Fight Channel, bringing up the the, the latest and upcoming boxers. Michelle Reverick Rivera, you'll you'll recognize him because he tries to emulate Muhammad Ali as, as his fighting style, the shorts that he wears, and even his hairstyle um, at the 135-pound division. And nobody's really talking about him, but he is 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 going to be a force to be reckoned with. I really like his style. I really like his educated jab and the way that he's coming up. Um, so remember that name, Michelle Rivera. Uh, what else we got? What else we got? Um, potential knockout of the week, Christian Mobili against Najim Muhammad. Bam, on his back. Anyways, make sure you tune in later today for knockout of the week, my boy, my core. All right. Um, like, share, subscribe. Also, uh, today at around 4.30, after you watch the knockout of the week, you can tune in, stay on YouTube, and go to... Um, the Continental Championships uh, will be live. Team Canada is fighting. Kioma Ali, future world champion, will be fighting today's first fight uh, representing Canada against versus Panama. That'll be around 5 o'clock. So after you watch Knockout of the Week, tune into that one. All right. I'll see you guys next week. Peace.